just before we get started with this episode, I want to let you know that on the 6th of December at 6.30pm UK time, I am going to be hosting another webinar. It's called The Five-Step Process to Nailing Down and Executing Your Property Investment Strategy Over the Next 12 Months. You are definitely going to want to come and join me in it. We're going to cover how to navigate a growing market and still buy investments that work. And I've just done that. The three-step process to completing your property investment strategy in one sitting. You'll get the exact step-by-step guide to completing your own tailor-made strategy. How your strategy will determine your property investment shopping list and keep you laser focused, unlike your competition. And finally, how to get over analysis paralysis and shiny penny syndrome. If you want to come to that, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. That's my last live webinar of 2021. I want to see you there. Again, it's Monday 6th of December at 6.30pm UK time. I cannot wait to see you live. Welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm surveyors for landlords and property investors to come and build commercial and mixed-use property portfolios that completely align with their goals. Again, if you have not been to my website and found out exactly what I do, you need to go to ncrealestate.co.uk now or after this podcast put it on your to-do list, go, come and find out what we do. And before I dive into this podcast, also remember to rate and review it if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, or at the very least, subscribe to it so that you get it every single Tuesday morning. It's available on all the platforms that you listen to podcasts on, so make sure you're doing that. Today, I am following in this series of my amazing NCRE team members, and today, I've got the lovely Caroline Saxon on the podcast, who is our commercial surveyor. Hi, Caroline. Hello, Natasha. Thank you so much for inviting me. That's all right. No problem. I thought we'd get together for a good chat about what we're seeing in the industry and how things are going. But first, can you do your two-minute pitch of your experience today? Absolutely. So I currently work in landlord and tenant. So I do rent reviews and leasingals mainly on behalf of landlords on industrial units. So we will look at anything from small trade counter sized units, 4,000 square foot, right through up to the big sheds of over 100,000 square foot. Um, so we get involved at any point where a landlord, sometimes a tenant as well, we do do a bit of tenant work, needs any representation, then we act on their behalf to make sure that processes are followed properly and that we negotiate the best deal for our clients. Um, We also do have a look at some retail things as well. And occasionally I dabble in offices, but just how it rolls, luck happened that I ended up falling into doing industrial. So um, after doing my APC and qualifying as a surveyor, I did a little bit of property management just to make sure that I was well-rounded in knowing how a building actually worked, which I think is super important. And then I did a stint in valuation as well. So doing red book loan security valuations when people would buy anything. <laughs> so that's probably not quite two minutes, but that's in a nutshell of uh, what I currently do. Mm-hmm. And Caroline on Team NCRE, 
hosts the Thursday Q&As, commercial Q&As, and answers any questions or supports with any questions in regards to commercial property, which is good, right? Got a lot of interesting yeah. questions. I've learned loads, absolutely loads. <laughs> <laughs> what you're going to get, but it's, it's really interesting. So let me ask you, what have you been seeing over the last 12 months in terms of commercial property? How have you seen the industry change? So in what we're doing, I'm seeing an insane amount of rental growth. And this has been pushed on by the fact that um, people... Actually, I'm going to roll back. I'm going to roll back to last to March 2020 before when we had the lockdown. So the market was it was OK. We had some um, areas of oversupply, particularly in the Midlands. So um, we were looking at sheds. There was a big supply of 100 to 150,000 square foot sheds. So we had loads of them. And that was just as the lockdown hit. So what happened was landlords got nervous and they did... Um, they let these leases with big like rent-free incentives. So that lowered our net rents. So the growth in, in that just sort of stalled hugely. We also didn't know what we should be doing and what was right to do on rent reviews, lease renewals. You can't really go and push a tenant up, go and say, hi guys, your rent's going up um, in the middle of a, a pandemic. So everything sort of stalled. And then fast forward the end of that first lockdown in June and all the supply had gone because they were doing short-term leases. The NHS had hoovered up a lot of space. Um, we'd had HS2-led contracts doing the same, hoovering up loads of space, but on flexible deals. So the rents had gone up quite a lot, so we'd seen quite a lot of growth because the supply had gone down. And that's just snowballed. And it's snowballed so much that sometimes we are saying to tenants, do you want a new lease? Like, I can't afford it on the rents that you've you've gone and um, triggered it at. So I'm not even going to negotiate with you because we aren't putting in quite so much fat at the start of negotiations so that they don't balk and run away. So it's everything sort of squeezed. And because these, these occupational costs are going up, um, we've seen increases in supply, uh, sorry, in increases in costs of bill costs because there's a lack of supply of materials, lack of good contractors. So, and that's all adding on more and more, and more to this huge amount of rental growth and everyone wants industrial property so yields are going up and it's just all going a bit crazy <laughs> what kind of tenants are you seeing letting this space um so there's been a lot of um ones that are linked to amazon led contracts so one in particular has taken a hell of a lot of space in and around the west midlands and they've kind of taken buildings that had stuck on the market a little bit um, so I know one that's taken over 1.5 million square foot of space, um, and that, but they've had quite big incentive packages as well. So these rents are going to kick in in two years, two, three years time from last year. So if they go under, that's a hell of a lot of buildings that's going to be coming back to market. So I'm a bit nervous about it, but we've, we've had those guys taking just huge amounts of stuff we've seen a lot of 3pls taking stuff amazon um mm. and just trying to service at the online demand whilst the town centers and the retail space is suffering it's all gone because it's all gone online the industrial market's gone crazy well industrial and logistics mainly logistics mm -hmm. so would you 
be advising investors to look at buying industrial logistics right now? Or what? I mean, I know, you know, it all depends upon someone's situation. But do you Mm -hmm. think that's a good market to get in right now? Or are we at the top of it? I'm not sure. Because I'm not sure where it could go. Um, And I think because everybody wants it, I think probably better trying to focus your attention on something else um because you are in bidding wars and I I just I don't think that that's necessarily healthy and it's gonna is sustainable so personally I would invest in industrial because I understand it understand it better than some of the other asset types but if it was my money and I was putting myself on the line I think I'd probably I'd be trying to have get something mixed use with a little bit more or a multi-let industrial estate. That's where everyone wants to go. So I think that I think the ship sailed. I'm I'm talking myself out of it here, aren't I? You're um, yourself out of it. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe five years ago, five, ten years ago, I would have done now. If it's someone else's money, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's safer, but yeah I think the ship sailed what would you buy then if you if you had deep pockets right now unlimited cash and you were building a commercial mixed-use property portfolio what would you buy I would buy a convenience store with some kickers in it with some fixed increases I would probably buy a drive-through like a Costa or a Starbucks again but I'd want to get some Make sure that there was some growth in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably get myself a nice little um, industrial, not sorry, not industrial, scrap that, a nice little um, retail unit with probably a couple of flats above that would matter to somebody. So if the tenant is like going into the commercial is has some form, form of emotional attachment to that building because they're an entrepreneur, so somewhere where it actually matters to somebody so where I live in in Birmingham there's an area where there's loads of independents independent bars cafes and whilst they're more risky tenants that actually means something to people as a business and I think what I like about property is is that it's personal yeah I like the the people side of it so I think I'd make sure that was one of them in there um but I'd just be trying to de-risk myself I'd go as as round (laughs) as um very diverse I think so I'd got something to play with um I'd probably stick a little office in there as well like a little out-of-town office like well, it's so controversial but I was you know Doug who's on our team mm. I interviewed him and he also said out-of-town office why mm. would you put out-of-town office on there I'd put a little nice little business park on there because I think because I think some companies are going to start downsizing from their office space, but people still want to go into the office. I, I like going into the office. I like seeing people. Um, and I think the businesses that, that people are going to attract to go in there are hardworking businesses that want to make a little hub for their, their employees, but maybe not necessarily in the town centre where they used to be, but somewhere that would have the benefits of green being outside um like, like quite a cool funky space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I guess you get the yields on that as well wouldn't you it's a bit of a risk but yeah. I think a nice little but 
not too big and one that you could potentially split to a first and a second a ground and a first floor so you could get two two tenants in there or something with a little bit of potential that you could mess around with mm-hmm. I like the idea of that I like in, innovative buildings yeah you know what I mean like the kind of the early 2000s little business parks yeah I valued a couple of them with that you can you can go in you can either have a whole building or you can very easily split it yeah and then put, put some live work and play in there maybe not live per se but you could have a bit of a small hotel on the bigger business parks with with something like a climbing gym which there's demand out there for that side of things and then you have the offices as well mm. that could be mm. it's, it's about experience isn't it yeah. That's why re- retail's changed. That's why retail's on the retail parks and town centres have gone the way they have because people want shopping to be an experience. So maybe if we roll that out into work and that kind of thing. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go that. Yeah. Mm. And what areas would you be investing in right now? If you could invest in anywhere, what are you seeing where you are working at the moment versus the rest of the country? What is interesting to you? Um. I like Birmingham, it's my home, it's what I know, but I would be investing, if, if I was going to invest here, I'd be investing in the suburbs. If I was going to invest, I'd, I'd go for somewhere kind of medium size, somewhere like Gloucester or yep. somewhere that's trying to revamp slightly or, because I think places like Bristol have, have already gone too far, they're, they're already there. So actually, no, I'm going to go with Sheffield Ooh. because my um, I went to Sheffield the other weekend it's a really cool city and they're doing a lot of work they're trying to move they've got the heart of the city project on my brother used to live there he only moved moved back to Birmingham in the summer and he showed me this project that they're doing and they've taken um, a load of car parks and they're trying to to put a load of development through the middle to create a new heart of the city and move all of the stuff from the original high streets into this new core mm-hmm. and the retail whilst one part of the city is now dead or going to be more dead the traditional part there's this quite new exciting and vibrant part with cafes and and bars and a nice looking retail going in and then the the student part and the bar the other let's go for edgy um, is at the back um I quite liked it I like that it's got a small city core so I'd probably I'd probably go Sheffield. Oh, interesting. Because that's mm. a place where residential investors really flock to as well. Mm. And I guess as the pr- property prices are really going up there, city centre will come up with the commercial as well. Yeah, and it looked nice. It done some um they the John Lewis is closed. Um so they're redeveloping that and then but they're taking the original facades and building behind it. So I don't know if you'd seen what they did to 55 Colmore Row here in Birmingham, where the RICS is on the ground floor, Savills in the top. We work are in there as well. They, they retained all the original facades and then built um, a, new, a new extension and space behind. So they're trying to be quite true to the city as well, which I just I just quite liked it. It was quite a nice vibe. Hmm. Interesting. What is your biggest bugbear that investors are overlooking when buying commercial and mixed-use property right now, do you think? Net rents. Oh. Net rents. Um, 
it is something that and even as a valuer when I used to value people overlooking the fact that the that the, the next lease event is a rent review or a lease renewal we work in nets so many people are fixated on the headline whilst headlines great and, you, and it's good to to get a high headline at the start give them some rent free to increase the value of what and, and your your income but people forget a lot that the next lease event is going to be looked at on a net basis so i think more understanding there about actual rent received against what you think you're going to get mm-hmm. and can you give a quick explanation of the difference between headline and net okay right um, <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick so, yeah. <laughs> um a net rent is the actual rent received over the term certain so to the break option in the lease or to the lease expiry whichever one comes first it's normally a break um and what we do is we go and take that the net rent so sorry we take that rent free period and we um, spread it out over the the term certain certain amount of years that you are going to receive that rent so it will be lower so or you can say it as you amortize the rent free over the this the term certain which is mm-hmm. how surveyors say it but for everyone else it's just what actual money you're going to get in your bank after you've given the tenant an incentive yeah so if you've got five years to that next rent review and you gave the tenant six months rent free year one actually over that five-year period you're getting four and a half years worth of rent not five yeah. years exactly bang on the nose <laughs> <laughs> way easier than what i said <laughs> <laughs> whereas the headline rent is just that big massive rent figure that everyone looks at that one gets over yeah and then there's all the horrible complicated parts about whether there's fitting out money and whether there's not and it gets complicated but I see so many people overlook it and they go well the ERV for this property is this it's like yes that's a headline and we're working off a net on the next in the next event so for me that is my biggest bugbear when people took headlines at me and what would you advise any investor doing who's listening to this podcast? How would they get the net effective rent? What questions do they need to be asking agents? Um, so you need to be asking the agents what the um, whether it was a what the evidence is. Is it an open market letting, a rent review, or a lease renewal? Asking if it's an open market letting, when it was done, um, what rent free period was given, if there was what's the term, what's the break, and also the size of the building as well. Um, if it's a rent review, just asking them if they know what the assumed term was. And um, that's quite a big one that, that people tend to forget. And also on a renewal as well, um, if there was any incentive given, because that's a big factor in it. Because I always view any incentive given in a renewal as full incentive. So I have to take that out if I'm looking at it as a comparable. So I get every single piece of information possible out of them, but that rent free. Mm-hmm. And if they say they can't tell you, they can. They lie. <laughs> <laughs> They're just being lazy. <laughs> they can't remember it off the top of their head. <laughs> so keep delving deeper. Yeah, just keep asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Caroline, it's been a pleasure for your first podcast on the Honest Property Investment Podcast. But I'd love to have you back. If it's been back. loads of fun, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, for everybody who's listening. If you have loved this podcast, please review it. As I said, 
earlier. Um, and we want to hear from you as always. Is this the sort of information you like hearing? Are you now going to go and uh, abandon your industrial investment in favour of a completely mixed use uh, portfolio? Let us know. I will again put my contact details below or come and follow me or the podcast on Instagram at Honest Property Investment. Thank you for listening today. I cannot wait to catch up with you all again soon. Bye.